networking for the sake of networking uh, is pointless right uh, it doesn't work that way you have to uh, in my opinion right uh, and that that's a very personal one i think uh, your network automatically grows when you become a person of value yourself right because uh, because uh, if you are a person of value there will be people who will want to have a chat with you who will want to get things out right but to become a person of value you have to uh, you have to be willing to uh, learn and uh, you know observe other point of views of people hello guys welcome back to the nivesh podcast in the 30th episode we have raj who is the founder of a company called disruptor capital in the episode we are going to talk about the current startup ecosystem of india along with that we are going to talk about the importance of career building while going ahead if you are in commerce or if you are trying to open your own business or if you are trying to get funds or if you are a college student this episode is a must for you so let's start this podcast without any further delay so raj why not you can start with your background and how basically you have started this company uh, talk about your background your study and everything so that you know, we can able to understand you know from beginning right so because uh, my my background is uh, I started my career with McKinsey. I, um, I I started working with their global economics team. I'm I'm actually uh, by education uh, an economist itself. Um, I, I worked for uh, the World Trade Organization for a short stint before uh, transitioning fully into venture capital. Um, I started in venture capital with uh, with the Silicon Valley based fund called Five Hundred Startups. So we were investing in India through their global fund. and uh, subsequently i uh, i was an investment banker for the last 5 years uh, for this firm called ketal advisors ketal is a uh, is a mid market investment bank and they have offices in uh, in bangalore bay area in delhi um, and they've done almost you know 750 million dollars in transaction value so far so there's a great experience for me um, within the ecosystem right mm-hmm. uh, following that uh, following my stay at ketal uh, uh, you know after a lot of discussions with the part my partners there as well um, we realized that there was the, there was a requirement for a uh, for a high touch uh, venture capital model uh, in early stages right because as a as an investment banker i was advising a lot of early stage startups and uh, that was something that uh, was turning out to be a lot val- uh, very valuable to the startups themselves right so we wanted to uh, institutionalize that right and do it on the buy side rather than doing it on the sell side right and uh, and that's how disruptors capital was born uh disruptors is a sebi category 1 uh, bcf it's an angel fund um we invest in uh, uh, in enterprise technologies edtech fintech we do a broad range of technology uh, transactions mostly uh, focusing on high lifetime value companies take a quick pause here if you have any questions yep 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 so uh, talking about that you know so i mean as you said you know that you started you know with mckinsey so what was that you know you learned from mckinsey you know i mean uh, basically you know uh, when you know that idea came that okay now i want to start my own vc you know i mean because you see i mean a lot of people you know we have in indian market as well you know who are studying they want to become part of vc and they want to work for any any capitalist so can you guide them how and uh, basically you know the first question is you know how, where you you know feel that okay that was your inclination that you want to start a vc firm right so uh, i think you know um it's a good question but uh, it is something me becoming a vc and starting a fund uh, was actually born out of uh, uh, the lessons which i learned and uh, the need to solve a problem right because uh, 
uh, i had worked on the buy side i had worked on the sell side uh, before and uh, my uh, you know understanding of this entire ecosystem was that if you have to start something started to solve a problem right mm. and started uh, started so that you can solve a big massive problem right uh, and uh, if you can't do that then uh, then spend your time figuring it out right don't be in a rush to just kind of trying to get out of that um, you know most people end up doing startups because they want to get out of the 9 to 5 mindset right but the thing is that when you when you start up right uh, it goes from yeah. 9 to 5 to a 24 hour job right it's always on your mm. mind yeah. Uh, yeah and the only way you can actually go about uh, being productive at it is because it's when you are genuinely motivated intrinsically motivated to solve for that problem beyond money beyond um you know recognition and all of that you are just focused on solving that problem and the drive comes from there naturally otherwise if you are you know artificially trying to uh inflate yourself into uh into getting into a space and then thinking that success will come easily it never does right so i think uh, for me uh, starting a uh, starting disruptors was born out of you know seeing that there's a there's a problem that i can solve for which is uh rather than just investing in early stage and forgetting right um about the investments and moving on to the next and then moving on to the next we wanted to have a high touch approach right wherein we uh, we support our portfolio we we spend a lot of time with them we understand what their issues are right and uh, do a limited number of transactions but actually build very deep relationships with the companies that we are with right uh so that's basically been more of a high conviction approach to investing which mm. i felt was uh, it wasn't totally missing but it was uh, hard to find in the ecosystem right and i felt that mm. while there were a lot of people who uh, you know who could uh, invest broad across a lot of companies uh, which is basically equivalent to an index style of investing right where you spread out your bets yeah. very very uh that was something which i felt was already existing uh, you know whether it works it doesn't work all of those judgments i'll i'm not going to uh, you know uh go down that hole but for me i found found that i would have a lot lot more fulfillment in terms of continue continue to work with founders right as a banker i did that i found that very fulfilling um but to continue to do it continue to do it and build in build a business out of it right uh that's when i knew that you know i had the skill set because i had i had worked with founders in the past i knew the problems i knew how to address them and i understood the ecosystem uh i had the network i had uh, i had the know how in terms of um you know whether that's kind finding the right kind of deals uh, or connecting with the right kind of founders and really solving for their issues right solving for their problems whether that's yeah. whether that's on, along the lines of fundraising or it's you know in terms of kpi measurements um, and a hundred different problems which founders have right so by the virtue of the fact that i had worked in the ecosystem and been in the trenches with a lot of the founders i knew that this was a calling for me so that's when i knew that i was ready to start yeah because you know, as you said there you know there a lot of people you know, what they you know do they start creating the problem by themselves then they start you know, solving that so i think the natural you know that i mean to become part of anything you know when any startup or something you really really need to see that problem and then you need to find a solution for that right just gap in the market right i think that right. would be the right step you know to do anything uh, talking about that you know uh, uh, raj uh, so how is the decision process you know work i mean in terms of you know uh, your company how you guys decide that okay this is the startup where you are going to invest you know uh, in terms of funding or i you know how you make right. decision 
right so i was actually on a uh, i was on a podcast yesterday where i was asked a very similar question right which was around um, how do you guys evaluate the startup right uh, what what is it that uh, that you guys look at so from a disruptors capital perspective right i was very uh, when we started this uh, i had been very uh, straightforward with my team right that uh, we will make high conviction bets um, and those high conviction bets will be grounded in objective decisions right it will not be a subjective thing it will not be a thing that I, you know because i like the founder because he's from let's say uh, mckinsey my batch or something like that right that i'll put put in the money that's subjective investing um, Maybe, you know, i think that is not a, yeah and that's something totally right? that you know yeah yeah and that's you know and that's perfectly fine you know for uh, when you're doing a friends and family type of a round and you are a single angel right if if it's me as as raj juneja trying to put in money into you know uh, a friends company that's perfectly fine but uh, when i'm doing it uh, on an institutionalized basis right i'm actually uh, holding the responsibility for other people's money it's not my money right so i cannot have that kind of room for subjectivity yes i can uh, you know take into account that uh, a certain founder has uh, you know a proven amount of caliber because i have known him for 5 years for example right i can feed that into my algorithm as as certain number of points right but i can't say that just because i know him the 100% of the weightage is on on that particular factor right so uh, from an evaluation standpoint in disruptors we uh, we break down every company into four bo- broad buckets the first is the management factor right uh, which basically assesses um, you know the founder's ability to uh, to build things what his track record has been uh, the second thing we look at is what is his skin in the game how much has he put in how much has he sacrificed uh, what's his passion what's his genesis just try to get to the roots of that and the third thing is also to understand that hey will this guy be able to raise capital or to basically conjure up a lot of um, you know uh, uh, things that you need whether that's debt or whether all the resources that the company needs right so um that's the third part so we we'll, we'll start with what the management factor is second thing is we look at the opportunity so opportunity means uh, we look at how big the market is the the product the guy's customer attraction his competitive dynamics um, all of those things right so that's a second bucket called opportunity factor the third thing is we look at the exit factor which is basically what are this person's exit um, what's his exit potential right is he making something which is going to become a really desirable asset um from a, from an mna point of view or is he going to make something which is going to require more capital but hyperscaling so he we can uh, you know expect more fundraising to happen in a play like this so that's the third thing which is um exit factor and the final thing is the deal factor which is basically uh, what valuation terms are we coming in for right um, because if the company is too expensive then uh, it might be a great company but it might not be a great investment for me so that is the fourth part which is the deal factor So these are the four broad buckets that uh, we look in which case you know uh, we are able to make an objective decision right just because there are less numbers in early stage doesn't mean that you can't be objective so by scoring along all of these different buckets and all our team does it right so it's not just that i score it there'll be my analysts who score it there'll be my associates who score it my vps who score it and then we'll kind of sit down and have a discussion about why we kind of did that of course this is also not a fully objective process but we try to maintain our element of keeping things uh, you know as objective as possible um, in our investment in, in our investment process yeah, yeah. 
So you know, I mean, uh, you know, as you said, you know, that you started your journey with McKinsey, right? Started working with them. Uh, our listeners, you know, a lot of people they want to become, you know, I mean, a part of you know that kind of work environment. They want to work with you know this big company. Uh, so it's you know, just moving, just moving ahead, you know, from uh, your background, the company background to the career part. Uh, what you you know you suggest you know, for a people who are just studying, you know, uh, let's say you know they are into commerce. I mean, Mumbai, especially, I know I'm in Mumbai only. And people who are listening, we have okay, a lot of people from the state as well. Uh, if they want to become part of, you no, know, uh, if they want to work for some big company, how they can start? You know, what can be their career point? You know, where you, know, you say they can start at least. Right. See, uh, when you say big big company, I'm assuming uh, if they're commerce people, they're looking at consulting, investment banking, uh, yes. those yeah. kind of those kind of industries, right? Big four, big yeah. three in consulting, uh, all of those. So uh, it's an interesting question because uh, uh, I kind of got in. Uh, to uh, mckinsey in probably the most inefficient manner right because in india the most efficient manner is that you go to a good college go to a iim and mckinsey will come to your uh, campus and they will interview you they like you they hire you right yeah. uh, i was not i didn't study in india right uh, so uh, you know my undergrad was in the uk my my masters was also from the uk uh, in uh, from the london school of economics right so yeah. when i came back to india i had to go through the lateral hiring route uh, into mckinsey which is uh, okay. which is much okay. longer and much more strenuous so they put me through i think more than 10 interviews and uh, they take a lot of pride in that right uh, that they put you through all of those interviews so uh, i had a, a much more difficult route because uh, because it it wasn't like a campus hiring right wherein you spend one hour two hours with the candidate do a few exercises and it's done um, so i i you know at the time i really struggled to you know um, to 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 do the applications go one by one not understanding what the route was right uh, eventually what actually worked there was that i found uh, you know um, a friend an acquaintance who actually worked there and got her to push a referral for me right um, other than that if you're going in laterally nothing is going to get you an interview right because of just the sheer number of uh, um you know uh, applications that those folks receive so uh, one of the things i think uh, that people don't get right is that they want to demonstrate that they can do a great job right uh, in terms of their work that they're doing but uh, but a lot of these people who are hiring at that level are not just looking uh, for somebody who can do a great job when they're in right they're looking for somebody with a uh, fairly well rounded personality who can actually fit that mold right uh, so for example you can they know that you are social enough to be able to be put in front of clients right um, they, all of those things are very important uh, for them uh, a part of that is that hey uh, are you coming through a slightly more sanitized funnel right uh, which is why in india referrals work like crazy right so my um, my uh, you know take for anybody who is trying to get into the bigger companies uh, and bigger consulting firms firstly i'd say that um it's a good path in early early in your career because it gives you a set of tools which you can use in multiple places in your life right uh, essentially it makes you a swiss knife right you can you, you know exactly which tool to take out of your armory and then uh, use it according to the situation so especially consulting right i am I'm, i'm all all for that um but, but on the other side you know in terms of how to get there apart from you know making sure that your academic scores your co curriculars your personality is round well rounded on your cv that is just one part of it right uh, the second one is the, and the more important one is that 
um it genuinely matters your ability to network and get into the ear shot right of those people at the top right can you get close to somebody who's you know uh, at a principal level for example or an engagement manager level right um to whom you can write who can actually vouch for you right uh, in some way or form or another because that means that you would have for example if it's an engagement manager who's pushing for your case right um you should have had impressed him in some form or another before right for him to kind of push your case so it already kind of puts you um puts you a little higher up but uh, i think essentially uh, given that it's a numbers game right uh, you have to keep at it right you you will you will succeed some places you won't uh, succeed in some places but uh, you have to be able to build your network around those people uh, to be able to have a yes. best shot at entering those uh, those firms i think that is important i mean anywhere you go networking is something which again uh, created you know great momentum uh, and so talking about networking a little bit you know raj uh, can you talk about how you know people can build networking apart so again we have linkedin linkedin is a great you know a tool right now people are using uh, before that mm-hmm. again if you see in india linkedin was like you know only few people you know was aware about the linkedin but yeah, for now people are actually you know, building their profiles on linkedin so do we have any tips uh, on about linkedin or how to connect with some of the other people in the same field yeah about see I, there are two things right one is linkedin the other is uh, networking those are the two things that um, you kind of alluded to in your question right uh, i think uh, as far as networking per se is concerned right uh, networking for the sake of networking uh, is pointless right uh, it, it doesn't work that way you have to uh, in my opinion right uh, and that that's a very personal one i think uh, your network automatically grows when you become a person of value yourself right Valuable. because yeah. Uh, yeah. because uh, if you are a person of value there will be people who will want to have a chat with you who will want to get things out right but to become a person of value you have to uh, you have to be willing to uh, learn and uh, you know observe other point of views of people right so it's kind of a two way sword uh, for example for me networking is that if i'm looking at a particular industry right um, to invest in uh, i can give you an example for example uh, b2b chemicals is an industry which i found very interesting of late right um, there was a bit of research which uh, which i did my reading my all of that right but uh, my form of networking uh, for uh, post that was actually reaching out to people on linkedin who were you know uh, founders of these companies ceos you know trying uh, trying their hand out at b2b chemicals um, a lot of these folks right and just try to understand not from a pure investments point of view but an educative point of view that how does it actually work right how are the margins how will you uh, you know account for counterparty risk uh, all of those things and in the process what's happened now is that i have a network of those people right they are those people are in my network right uh, and i am in theirs so if they want to raise capital or they see for example on linkedin that i'm connected to a particular investor uh they will be you know uh, open to kind of uh, uh, you know picking up the phone or just shooting me a text that hey hey raj could you could you put in a good word for so and so with so and so right so uh, the thing is that is how the power of a network is compounded uh, it happens over time but uh, it begins with a point of curiosity for yourself right um, if you are able to if you are looking to actually grow your own uh, you know base of knowledge over time your network automatically grows along with it right uh, yeah. and 
and it works both ways also uh, the network if you are like uh, you know productively inclined towards learning about different spaces different uh, industries different pockets of knowledge that exist with all different people right you will grow for it right uh, at the same time if you look at it at a negative for negative things you look at it for you know friends who are always looking to drink friends who are always looking to uh, to get stoned and all of that you will find more of that also right so for for me networking is that it's basically uh, you know trying to become a person of value yourself so that you basically attract more of more of it right and uh, that's how naturally yeah. you can grow your network otherwise if you do it consciously that ki mujhe network grow karne ke liye network grow karna hai that never happens because those people really fizzle out very quickly in your life yes yeah i mean it's happening with a lot of people what they do they start you know with, with linkedin I mean, that's how they have learned indian marketing quickly koi bolta hai podcast pe youtube pe they start pitching on linkedin directly without getting value you know without saying that mm. okay what you know i can do as a person uh talking about that only you know raj uh, uh let's talk a little bit about you no know, mean uh, the past background as you know the company where you had work earlier also you know mean uh, uh about work ethic so if you see right now we have a lot of students who also were listening apart from the professionals uh what do you suggest you know mean uh, people who want to build a career you know, in it let you know let it be any field it let's just talk about the productivity how they can improve their productivity again it's a you know again a cliche topic <laughs> a lot of people don't want to you know when uh, talk about again they talk but again they don't justify the point itself i mean uh, so do we have any point where we can say okay if you do this at least you'll be able to increase your productivity you know in any especially with the digital age right so uh, i'll say this right uh, um, for somebody you know uh disruptors has been um, uh, from an office perspective right we've been uh, we've been fully uh, fully work from home so far right i end up meeting my team uh, once or twice in a week but now uh, and this has been happening for almost a year right i still believe that uh, and even though in the last year disruptors has done some really good deals we've done you know um, over 10 deals now half of them are with blue chip funds right uh, and we've we've gone from a position of conviction we've not gone from a position of acha who's coming into the round so we should put in right we've always done it from on a conviction first approach despite that i think that uh, we could have been at least 25 30% more productive if we had done it from an office right the slightly contrarian uh, contrarian uh, contrarian take to it right but i do believe it right and which is why we are going to be you know very soon shifting into our uh, into our offices as well right uh, both in delhi and bangalore um uh, because i think that there is a certain amount of um, you know productivity which comes from those groups of people actually being together right rather than just doing it over zoom that is yeah. one but beyond that that is that is i think uh, team productivity right which is a collective thing from uh, being in a group of highly stimulated individuals uh, on the other side is uh, you know if you are looking to get uh, looking at being productive as an individual yourself right um that's a very good uh, uh, you know problem to uh, to look at individually if you can actually be aware of it most people aren't even aware that that you're yes. that they're not being productive right um, i don't you know where where there are no scrolling reels and all you know watching short content correct so i think yeah the, the infinite scroll is like whatever they call it right doom scrolling or something now uh you can lose hours without kind of knowing how much time has gone there right i don't know what other people do um i know how uh, how i have kind of adapted to that right um the first and foremost thing is actually to become aware of it right uh, so most of my days you know would begin 
before I start to get on my phone and things because then your mind gets activated. I sit down for 15-20 minutes, usually around 20 minutes uh, and meditate. Right. Um, usually this is the first thing, first thing in the day, it clears out my mind, right? Which is instead of then, otherwise uh, for me, what that is, and it's a personal problem, maybe others haven't faced it, but I face it a lot, right? Is that if I don't do that, I end up being a reactive person rather than a proactive person, right? Uh, which is that I will start randomly looking at my phone and seeing who's messaged and who's emailed and start replying randomly to those people, right? Whereas once once I clear my mind in the morning, uh, I decide my agenda, right? I decide that, hey, this is the most important thing, second most, third most, uh, etc. Right? And then I know what time my calls are. I know what time I have free for myself. So that morning time is very important for me to be productive, quote unquote, right? Uh, second thing is obviously that, you know, uh, uh, for deep work, oftentimes, you know, uh, I have, uh, firstly, like my phone uh, doesn't deliver uh, my text notifications and all of those notifications immediately, right? Because I saw found myself uh, getting very distracted if I was typing a message or doing an email or whatever it is. And then, you know, in the digital age, it's not just your phone, right? I You wear an Apple Watch, you wear everything to be connected. So it's very distracting. So your level of deep work actually really goes down if you are constantly getting bombarded by notifications and things, right? So I have a system wherein uh, I get uh, notification summaries thrice a day. 8 a.m., 3 p.m., 7 p.m., right? Uh, and then I re- respond to those people in my time. Include that, that includes emails, that includes WhatsApp, that, that includes all uh, all other messaging services, right? The things which are more social and things like Instagram and all are totally off. Notifications are off. Everything is off. I have to take two extra steps to get to that application. Also, it's not on my home screen, right? Uh, so I think, and these are things which I have had to discover about myself over time, right? That uh because it's very natural no matter how busy you are you suddenly you know you get one message or one this thing of your friend from instagram it takes you down a rabbit hole right because you'll see the story on instagram then you'll text them on whatsapp then they'll tell you that this invite is there for this person's wedding and then suddenly before you know it you lost two hours of your time right it was just because of that one notification and uh social media companies are have kind of designed it that way right to kind of uh, capture your this thing so you have to consciously kind of sever that right um, so this is the second thing which I do which is I don't make sure that I don't get bombarded with uh, notifications that has been really helpful and the third thing which I do is especially when I'm doing deep work and thesis work uh, which I do very often during the week which is if I'm for example studying a particular vertical or studying a uh, uh, particular space I uh, I use something called a Pomodoro technique. So there's always a timer on my laptop, which is a 20-minute yeah. uh, timer. So it's uh, it, I, I work in intervals of like uh, 20, 20, 25-minute timer, right? So it goes 25 minutes and then it gives me a 5-minute break and then 25 minutes and then a 5-minute break, right? And I necessarily get up. So that has kind of increased my productivity. Uh, but yeah, these are a couple of hacks, right, that you have to figure out. And uh, for each person, different things work. But I think one of the things that... Uh, will probably be common for everyone is just to increase the uh, reduce the number of distractions right uh, if you reduce the number of distractions your uh, ability to do deep work will automatically increase and deep work will basically translate to productivity so that's been my uh, mantra now one question which i generally ask to everyone uh, Raj, uh, that what kind of impact you want to make with your current company uh, and along with that uh, what do you think about current indian you know startup ecosystem what impact do I want to make with uh, with disruptors? Um, I want to ensure that, uh, you know, uh, let me put it this way, right? Uh, 
capital is just one part of solving the equation for uh, for any startup right it starts with capital but most more often than not uh, founders need more than just capital right uh, they need they need the know how in terms of um, you know how things are to progress in a, in a certain environment which they might not have seen right uh, because economic cycles uh, start up and down and uh, you need to kind of go across them uh, they need they need someone to kind of sound out bigger ideas who's not internally involved in everyday affairs right uh, because if you're involved in uh, everyday affairs you end up often being in an echo chamber right so you don't you're not able to think differently so you're able to have somebody who thinks differently uh, and all of this basically increases their probability for success or the other way put other way it slightly reduces their uh, element of you know uh, failure right because they got the right input at the right time so my current vision with the softwares is that um we will continue to invest in about uh, you know two odd companies um, in a month maybe one to two odd companies in a month but we will uh, spend as much time as they need of us right to get them to the next level which can be something as simple as hey raj can you make us an introduction to this particular client right uh, who we saw in your network right uh, i'm happy to do that there uh, i'm also happy to kind of uh give them a sense of what they need to succeed to get a bigger account right um our mission with disruptors is to make sure that uh the the rate of mortality which startups face right uh in the ecosystem versus what is there in disruptors portfolio to be starkly different right to be widely different in terms of uh in terms of um you know their ability to uh, to succeed so we want to be able to show that that you know the people who are associated with us the partners the the founders are able to extract a lot of value and that actually translates to tangible uh, success in uh, in their growth so that's my that's my vision yeah. uh, and talking about the indian ecosystem you know uh, ecosystem the current startup mm-hmm. system what do you think you know like uh, where you know i think so again if you see we uh, currently you know we have uh, around more than 100 plus unicorn right and the current mm-hmm. government they want to increase this number they want they have this vision that okay this can be doubled down no and to compete china so again so what do you think about the current indian you know startup system look uh, i have i said this before i think i put on linkedin somewhere right that uh, i am literally betting the house on indian entrepreneurs at this point right uh, so that uh, that statement alone should tell you about what, how i feel about the indian startup ecosystem right uh, the fact is that we are still maturing we are we are small but we are growing very very fast right uh, and that is that is very good uh, on the other side as far as the government is concerned i think there's a lot of uh, you know uh, regulation and uh, policy frameworks which need to be corrected and implemented right for us to yeah. get to that you know the next level of whatever number of i think some 250 unicorns or something they're talking about right in the next few years yeah uh in order for us to get to that right you have to for example i'll just give you an example of this right is that uh, uh angel investors in india right uh, they are the ones who take real risks in in terms of you know uh, supporting startups in very very critical stages uh and they are the ones who you know from a taxation standpoint uh, really get the short end of the stick right um, that is you know that should not be acceptable you can't say on one hand that hey uh, make in india and on the other hand uh, you know uh, just tax the hell out of people who are trying to help make in india yes. right uh, don't get me wrong i am uh, i think there are some policies of the government for example the fintech infrastructure 
um, and a lot of other things which they've done to kind of support the ecosystem. That is uh, without a doubt something which is really helping our ecosystem grow. But at the same time, uh, from another standpoint, right, you need capital, right, to to make India grow. Uh, you, uh, our government also wants, you know, homegrown VC funds to be able to fund those companies, right? Uh, they also want our companies, they also want our startups not to raise too much capital from foreign funds. That's the truth, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, but if you want all of those things, right, you have to also look at the constituent parts because yes. uh, an angel investor, otherwise, what is the calculation he's making? He's like, yeah, 20% fund will take, right? Um, and then I have to pay, you know, 40% tax on it. So what tax is left for me? Why am I taking, what am I, what am I taking so much risk for? Uh, I fundamentally feel that, and I, and I genuinely feel that the government is actually listening on this, right? Um, people disagree with me. Uh, and that's fine. But I genuinely feel that um, if, you know, the capital gains tax, for example, those bars are actually brought down, those enhanced surcharges are brought down. Uh, there is a lot of capital in India on the fence, right, which will be more than happy to come into the startup ecosystem. And only once that happens, will you be able to see those massive numbers, right? Will you be able to get in the league of, you know, it'll take a really long time to, for you to start competing with the United States because not only are their startups more mature, their market is more mature, right? Uh, in terms of tech. But the thing is, at least we'll be on our way then, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think that, I think 100 startups is a great, uh, 100 unicorns is a great starting point. Uh, but that number kind of fluctuates, right? In a soft market, yeah. some go from uh, unicorn and then they lose that status. Nobody talks about yeah. that. The 100 number stays, right? So, uh, yeah. So we tend to do things, right, in India where, uh, which make us feel really good about ourselves. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you need to pull the cover a little bit and, and be critical about what things need improvement because otherwise uh, it becomes that situation, right? That the uh, Olympic may a gold million and we are very happy. You should not be happy with one gold, right? Uh, yeah. So I think those are the things that the government also needs to address and uh, private sector, I think, really contribute its, its part. I, I don't have any doubt about that. It was nice you know, talking to you. you know, Raj, thank you so much again for coming on Neil's podcast. Uh, talking about that, so how people can connect with you. So we have your LinkedIn, we have your website. Apart from that, do you have anything else uh, where our audience can connect? No, with I, think, uh, I, I think uh, LinkedIn is the best way to get, get in touch with me. And uh, if, if you're a startup, you'll have, my, you'll have my email as well. Happy to kind of uh, get in touch with people via both those mediums. And guys, do follow... Uh, Raj podcast disruptor talk right disruptors talk yeah. already there right Disrupt yeah. disruptor talks yeah for more insight like this so it's like you know we have you no know, literally covered entire topic it's it just became a premium class like you know the kind of research we have done so again don't forget to follow news podcast at the same time follow Raj and I'll see you in the next episode thank you so much thanks Vikram thank you for the time today.